0: Let's go, Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Groat, your home for Raiders news, notes, and information. Just Pod Baby is a part of the Silver and Black Pride podcast network brought to you by SP Nation. Check me out on Twitter at eGroat5, and be sure to check out all the great content being put out for you over at silverandblackpride.com. It's just me this week, and you're going to be flying solo with me, so uh, no need to worry. There's plenty to talk about. The Raiders have just finished playing their second game in five days, and more importantly, they came out of those two games on the winning end of both. So uh, we're going to start this week's episode out recapping the Week 9 win versus the Lions, and in the following segment, I will discuss the win on Thursday Night Football. Now, both of these games were, were nail biters. And and both of these wins needed a Derek Carr engineered game winning drive in the fourth quarter to to um to seal the deal. In the case of the Lions game, this this was just an old fashioned shootout with a ton of offense and not a lot of defense. And if you tuned into last week's episode where I interviewed Mike Michael Rothstein from ESPN, him and I discussed a lot uh, about how these defenses were susceptible to uh, giving up a lot of yardage and. And a lot of points, and and so this was something that was, you know, kind of expected going into the matchup. The teams, both teams combined, totaled, uh, uh, excuse me, nine hundred and twenty three yards of offense and fifty five points. So it was certainly an exciting game. Um, you know, there was there was it was a fun game to watch. It was stressful at times, but again, fun and entertaining. The Raiders rookie class took center stage on this one. All four of the Raiders' touchdowns were scored by rookies, including two rushing touchdowns from Josh Jacobs and a receiving touchdown from Foster Moreau and Hunter Renfro. On defense, Trayvon Mullen made his first start, and you know he had some good moments. He had some not so good moments as well, but um, you know he he did flash a bit in his first start. So um, you know you gotta get you gotta be patient with him. He hasn't been getting as as many reps as some of the other rookies. So I think in time he'll 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 come around. I think he's um, you know I think you've seen that he does have have some of the um, qualities you're looking for in a in a star cornerback. Max Crosby continues to get better and better each week. And even Cleveland Farrell showed some signs that maybe he's starting to turn the corner a little bit. So um, great to see so many of the contributions coming from some of the younger players on the roster. Josh Jacobs finished the game with 120 yards and and two touchdowns. And, you know, what else can you say about this kid? He's an absolute stud. Uh, He's a total package. and, And I think that something that is not being talked about enough right now we, you know we hear all about his ability to to you know make defenders miss and um the, the 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 uh anger that he runs with and and all of those great qualities but i think the one thing that is really not being um spoken about enough is his toughness and, you know he, he's showing that he he's um capable of playing through injury he he suffered that shoulder injury back in the back against the Bears and he's just um you know he's continuing to play through it and and play effectively so to me that's a great sign to see from a young player learning how to play injured especially a guy who probably didn't play injured much in his college career because because of the, the the small workload so a great sign to see from from him and and something else I just absolutely love um about Jacobs is you know when you listen to him talk um He's so humble, and uh, I'm not sure if some of you saw it, but before the game uh, on Thursday night, um, he sat down with Aaron Andrews of Fox, and you know, did a piece on him and, and his upbringing, and all and all of that. And you can just you can just hear how humble this kid is, and, and we all know we, we've heard the story about the struggles that he and his family endured, and it's been well documented. And you can just see in his play and and obviously when you listen to him in an interview he is he is just so grateful for the opportunity and he does not take a thing for granted so I I just I just really love that about Jacobson I'm just so glad he's a Raider Uh, Hunter Renfro caught the go-ahead score for the Raiders Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that play for just a second there was a lot to like about the play first of all Derek Carr extending the play with his legs by evading evading some um pressure that was coming off the left edge and this was something that again was a big emphasis coming into the season throughout training camp we've heard Gruden talk a lot about it uh, about Derek Carr using some of that athleticism that he that he possesses and it really came together well on this play and uh, the second thing you like to see was the rookie Renfro when the play kind of broke down and, and the scramble drill began uh, Renfro working his way back to the quarterback to make himself available. Something you don't always see from, from rookie wide receivers, but uh, to me, Renfro is, is wise beyond his years, and again, just a great sign to see. And of course, the toe touch to get both feet in uh, to get to make the score was, uh, it was just a great play. And, and Renfro did lead the team with four receptions for 54 yards in the game. Now the last play or player, I should say, that I want to mention from the um, the Week 9 game against the Lions, um, is another player that I've been critical of in the past, and that's Carl Joseph. But uh, the play he made to end the Lions' chances of tying the game was unbelievable, and, and frankly, those are the types of plays that we have just not seen uh, Joseph make in the past. I think... I think that Carl Joseph can be an effective player when he is used in a certain way and I just for me from what from what I have seen from from Joseph when he's used in coverage that's when he you know has issues and that's when he struggles. His size is often the issue. He's he's an undersized corner or excuse me, safety and that's often taken advantage of when when teams try to match him up with a uh Bigger, stronger, more physical tight end, and that's exactly what the Lions were looking to do on that particular play. The Lions were trying to get the ball to their six foot seven tight end, but uh, Joseph just would not be denied on that play. I heard him speaking a little bit about that play uh, after the game, and and he he said he knew that uh, you know he knew that they were going to be picking on him, and he pretty much just sold out um, for the pass. He didn't even. Uh, he he wasn't even really thinking at any point they were going to run the ball so he was he was well aware that he was going to be targeted there and he had to make a play and that's exactly what he did he climbed the ladder he went up and and was able to knock the ball away from the tight end it was just an outstanding play by Carl Joseph now there was some some bad news or negative news that came from the game and and that was uh, Arden key injuring his foot there was some speculation after the game that he did, in fact, suffer a broken foot, and that was later confirmed uh, the next day. Thursday, it was announced that Key was placed on uh, season-ending IR, so certainly a a disappointing end to Key's season. He was coming off of back-to-back games with a sack, and he did get one of those sacks in the Lions game, of course. And, And sometimes sacks, you know, they can come in bunches, so who knows if he was... You know, finally starting to heat up a bit. Who knows if he would have been able to, you know, get to the quarterback a few more times. But, um, you know, I don't have any numbers in front of me uh, as far as next-gen stats are concerned or, or analytics or anything like that. But just going off of, you know, the eye test from what I've been able to observe by watching all these games and, and kind of going back and watching the film the day after, um, he looked improved to me. He really did. He, he looked improved as a rusher. He did. He did seem a little stronger. I do think he. Um, he just looked a little bit stronger. His speed was was still very good off the edge. You can see he's got he's explosive off the edge. Um, you know, so I, I thought he looked good. Uh, will, will he ever be a uh, ten sack guy? You know, probably not. Probably not. But I think that you know, in the right situation, he can be a very uh, solid rotational pass rusher and when you when you pair him with guys like max crosby and and Cleveland farrell who are you know going forward probably gonna see the majority of the snaps And, and maybe even adding another pass rusher in the 2020 draft class who knows i think that when you combine him with those those guys that they currently have um i think that he can continue to carve out a nice role for himself with this team so um you know, I do wish I do wish Arden a speedy recovery, and I and I look forward to uh, seeing him, you know, next season. Um, you know, playing even better than he was, uh, you know, at the beginning of this season. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we return, I'm going to be recapping the Week Ten win on Thursday Night Football. Alright, welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Now let's dive into the Week 10 victory on Thursday Night Football against the Chargers. The Coliseum was rocking from what I could see on TV. Obviously, I wasn't there in person, but the place looked like it was just rowdy. And, uh, you know, that is the last primetime game that the Coliseum will ever host. And the team definitely uh, gave the fans something that I don't think they'll ever forget anytime soon, that's for sure. Now, unlike the game versus the Lions, this one was all about defense. And, and you have not heard that much um you know about the Raiders this year. Uh normally it's the off- offense who who leads the way. And but you know, Thursday night the defense stepped up and and, and made plays and, and did more than enough to help the team win, that's for sure. Now it all got started in the first quarter with safety Eric Harris. He intercepted um Phillip Rivers twice, and the second of those interceptions, he took to the house for a pick six. Uh, which was the second of the year for Harris. Uh, The Raiders got off to a a quick 10-0 lead, but the Chargers did battle back and eventually took a a 14-10 lead uh, later in the second quarter. Um, A critical part of the game, in my opinion, came uh, just before halftime when the Raiders were able to get a quick score after a 10-play drive that ended with a Yet another rookie, you know, making a making a play. This time it was the fullback, Alec Ingold, scoring his first career touchdown on uh, one of Gruden's favorites, Spider 2Y Banana. Um, I think this was a critical uh, point in the game for the Raiders because they were able to um, take the lead, 17-14, and they were getting the ball to start the second half. So I think it's always a good. Uh, you see this a lot with with good teams. They're able to score right before half and then put another score on the board. Um, when they go out there to take the ball for the second half. But like I said, this was uh, the story of this game was on the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders, so I do want to talk a little bit more about that. The Raiders forced three uh, Phillip Rivers interceptions in the game and recorded five quarterback sacks, and I think that's that might be the most that they've had in the game this season. I'm not sure. I'd have to double-check, but I do think that is the most. Um, and they were led by rookie Cleveland Farrell, who... I talked about earlier w- w- was beginning to show some signs of um, you know finally putting it together against the Lions and and he he had that breakout game this week with eight tackles and two and a half sacks. Now uh, I saw a tweet put out by uh, Paul Gutierrez who covers the Raiders for ESPN. I'm sure many of you follow him. So I'm sure many of you saw the tweet but Farrell is one of only four rookies to ever have recorded an eight tackle, two and a half sack game. So you know that's a good that's uh, you know a good sign, a historical game for for Farrell. Now I did hear some people, well I didn't hear them I, I read it more so on Twitter and and whatnot that they were kind of um, downplaying Farrell's performance because he was going against a you know a weak a weak tackle uh, a backup offensive tackle if you will, but for me you know I, I don't really want to hear that I think. I don't think I know that the guys across from um, you know on the other side of the ball. Guess what? They're getting paid to play this game too. They're they're professional players. They're in the NFL. So um, I think anytime you know you you have a performance like that, it's a good sign. So um, I just I don't want to hear that kind of thing, and I'm not really going to look too much into it. Um, one other thing I do want to add um, about Farrell is early in the season and even during the preseason. I remember. Um, Commenting about it on Twitter, I, I was I, I was intrigued by the way they were using Farrell, lining him up on the inside, you know, pairing him with uh, Crosby and Arden Key on the defensive ends, and and you know, having Hurst and, and Farrell line up on the inside. Um, but you know, after watching the, the the past you know six, seven, eight games, um, I, I'm not quite sure if it was as effective as it was. You know, early in the preseason, I, I think that um, we we saw some good things, and maybe even in week one and two. Um, but I think more so recently, it, it just not has not been as effective as uh, you know Gunther and, and Gruden would have liked. So I, I think last night you saw uh, with, with Key uh, being out. Now for the, the remainder of the season, you, you saw Farrell get an opportunity to be used primarily on the edge, rushing the quarterback, and I think that's where he fits best, and, I, and I, I'm hoping that's where they're going to keep him now going forward. Um, So after pro- two productive weeks uh, in a row for Farrell, I do expect to see him continue to, you know, on that upward trend. Max Crosby, Maurice Hurst, and, and Benson Mayowa, they also got in on the fun. You know, it was a sack party last night. Uh, Crosby and Hurst netted um, a half a sack piece, and Myowa well rec- uh, contributed with a sack and a half. Now Benson, he, he leads the team in sacks. And who who would have thought that? You know, I, I would never would have uh, you know put my money on him to lead the team in sacks at the beginning of the year. But right now, that's the way it looks. Um, Many people on Twitter, which I've read, have pointed out the fact that Myowa currently has more sacks than Khalil Mack. Now, there is still plenty of football to be played, but uh, I guess anytime you're you have more sacks than than Mack at any point in the season, that's that's probably a good thing. Um, Max Crosby, man, that kid is just—he's getting better and better. Uh, we talked about it in in the Lions game, and he's just—he's um kind of—he's really transformed himself into an every-down player now. I mean. Going into the season, we heard about how he needed to add strength and in some weight and, you know, needed to improve against the run. And we heard all about his high motor and how he would was going to be used more so as a primary, primarily as a third down rusher. But, uh, he has exceeded expectations and, and just been, um, one of the best picks with the exception of, um, uh, Josh Jacobs, probably the, the next best pick in the draft, uh, that that 2019 draft class. So just really um, can't say enough about about Crosby. He led the team with 10 quarterback pressures, and um, he was the person who applied the pressure on Phillip Rivers when he threw that last interception. And he's just, you know, he, he's turned into a bit of a game wrecker. He's, he's, he's becoming a player that offensive coordinators have to account for. And the Raiders have not had that type of player, you know, Since uh, Khalil Mack left, Um, so it's it's good to have, uh, it's good to see that. Now, my turning point play of the game came um, on Josh Jacobs' 18-yard touchdown run, which uh, put the Raiders up 26-24. And you can see that article up at SilverAndBlackPride.com. Check it out. The Raiders took over um, trailing 20. uh, What was it? 24-20. Okay, on their own 25-yard line. I think about four minutes left it was when they got the ball back. And they needed to go 75 yards to, to score a touchdown to take the lead. Uh, they could not settle for a field goal at that point in time. Derek Carr, on that final drive, he was excellent. And um, he completed five of seven passes for 53 yards. I believe two of those passes went to Renfro and three went to Richard. Um and you can really see that he's starting to develop a comfort level with, with Renfro, you know, more and more as the season goes on. Uh, on third and one from the Chargers, 18, the Raiders um, went with a 22 personnel, two tight end, two running backs. And the Chargers countered that by stacking the box. So they were definitely expecting run, and that's exactly what the Raiders did. And it was just some smash-mouth football right up the middle. Um, Rodney Hudson, if you go back and watch the play, Rodney Hudson and Alec Ingold, they both uh, made key blocks on that play that, that sprung Jacobs on the, on the run and you know Jacobs easily took care of the rest on his own. He broke through the line, you know, got to the second level, The safety came up. He broke an arm tackle and it was daylight for Jacobs. So um, you know Jacobs had one of his more quiet games. It was a tough game for him. 17, uh, excuse me, 18 carries for 71 yards, uh, with a touchdown. And, you know, at the end of the day, the stat line looks okay. Um, but the chargers clearly were not going to let him wreck the game. He really, really had to work for all of those 71 yards. Um, so, um, now going back to the defense. Uh, after the Raiders scored that final touchdown and they went ahead 26-24, Daniel Carlson mixed, missed the extra point, which really made things uh, more interesting than than Raider fans would have liked. But needing a stop on the defense of end, um, they delivered. In fact, they did not allow a single completion on the Chargers' final drive. Philip Rivers was 0 for 7, and again. As it was last week, it was Carl Joseph who came up with the the big play to seal the win uh, this week for the Raiders when he uh, intercepted Rivers. It was his third interception on the day, and you know again, Carl Carl Joseph Joseph making a big play. So good to see. Now there are two uh, there are two things that I I do want to mention that I was disappointed with. Uh, I was very pleased with many things in the game, but there were two things that I do want to comment on that I I felt like. Uh, could have been better, and that was the run defense and and some of the Gruden's play calling. Now I'm going to start with the run defense. Um, they gave up 146 yards on the ground, and that that's that's a lot. Um, and I, I you know going into the game I totally thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought the Chargers were just going to pass pass pass, um, you know attack those linebackers with with and but that's in in Hunter Henry and and that's. You know, kind of what they did. They both scored touchdowns, but um, I just thought they would have uh, thrown the ball a little bit more. Um, now the run defense has been a major strength of this team, and um, luckily that the pass rush yesterday was so strong um, that they were able to kind of you know slow down that that Chargers passing game. But um, I guess my my biggest fear um, is that I just hope this isn't becoming a trend. Um, Unless that pass defense is going to drastically approve, which is currently ranked near the bottom, the Raiders really cannot afford to see that run defense falter right now. So um, something to keep an eye on. Now as far as Gruden's play calling last night, I I just felt that he was a little bit too conservative at times. I just felt that the plan was a little vanilla, and um, I'm sure that had a lot to do with being on the short week not having the normal amount of time to prepare your game plan. But I just thought there were times when maybe, you know, he could have he could have been maybe a little bit more aggressive. And, um, you know, early in the season uh, on the podcast, I did talk about how I felt Gruden and, and Carr were not kind of pulling their weight. But I, I, that's definitely changed, I think, the last, you know, I would say since the... Uh, Since maybe the Bears game, I would say that's really changed. I think they both have been very good as of late. I think Gruden has done a great job coming up with some creative plays and some of his designs. And so, uh, you know, so I'm very satisfied with Gruden and and the way he's, uh, you know, calling games this year. Okay, I think that about covers it all now for the Week 10 recap. When I return from this break, I'm going to touch on some... uh, some news and notes that came out uh, today in in the final segment. Okay, the uh, the big news that I want to discuss uh, now in the final segment is once again it's bad news. Um, it seems like every week the the Raiders uh, come out of these games with with a a new player injured, and it's always uh, you know a key player. It seems uh, this week it's uh, Lamarcus Joyner and Carl Joseph. Joyner did not finish the game. He left late in the game with what it looked like to be a hamstring injury. He was um, in coverage chasing the receiver, and he just kind of pulled up limp. So he was not able to finish the game. He looked like he was in in some pain. Um, Gruden did say after the game that he was concerned about Joyner and his status going forward. The other big injury comes uh, was to Carl Joseph. Now, I'm not sure exactly when the injury occurred to Joseph. I believe it was an ankle. Um, obviously, he finished the game because he had the interception there at the end, um, but there was some reports today. Uh, Ian Rappaport was one of those people who who uh, reported that uh, the injury is believed to be significant, um, so not a good sign for that Raider secondary. It Was already very, um, you know, it, it wasn't performing well, just to, to you know, so to speak. And to lose two uh, starters is, is not a good thing. Um, I have not heard any other details on Joseph other than you know the injury may be significant. So um, the next piece of news is that you know, in a move uh, kind of corresponding to to Joseph Joseph's injury, the Raiders went out inside DJ Sweare, Swearinger? Swearinger, I think his name is, yeah. Um, you know, to give him some help at the safety position. Now the Raiders worked him out. They brought him in last week or was it earlier in this November fourth it was, and um they brought him in for a workout. And uh Swearinger is is A similar type of player to Joseph. He's a hard-hitting, kind of a tone-setter there in the back end. He's played for several different teams in the league, most recently with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, He started the first four games of the season, and then it was released. Um, So, again, I haven't followed him real close, uh, but I'm going to dig into him a little bit more. And, uh, you know, again, he's a guy who's had plenty of experience in the league. So um, I don't know if he's going to be someone who who steps right in. I would expect that we're going to see more of Eric Harris. Um, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation. The Raiders have really been uh, kind of snake bitten this year. It seems with the injuries, and I know all teams in the NFL have to deal with these kind of things, but man, oh man, it seems like every week it's someone new. Uh, so you know, it's it's a next man up mentality. That's what Gruden's going to tell you. That's what Gunther's going to tell you. And uh, you know we we may see um, we may see some other guys in there that we haven't seen in a while. Curtis Riley is a name who who might get the first uh, crack at it. He we saw some uh, we saw him playing early in the season and he was bad. You know he he wasn't he didn't look too good. Um, but you know he's all we got right now. Um, one other thing to keep in mind. I've heard this. Um, idea kicked around and I and I'm pretty sure they did this at times last year. They moved Daryl Worley back to the safety position. He's a bit versatile. So he could he could move back and play safety. Um and maybe with the return of Isaiah Johnson, the rookie who is now off of IR, he could maybe be someone who you you plug in there to play some corner or even uh Nevin Lawson. So there is some options out there for the Raiders but You know, overall, it is not a good situation there uh, in the secondary. Okay, well, that is going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Just Pod Baby with uh, Evan Grote. Expect to hear from me again at my normal time next week as we will begin to preview the Week 11 matchup between the Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, Raiders are going to look to keep this thing rolling. Uh, Two straight wins. They've got an opportunity to really put some pressure on, um, you know, especially on the Texans and the Colts, who are most likely going to be the two teams that they're battling with for that that final playoff spot. Um, It's exciting to be playing meaningful games here in November. So I do appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, Be sure to tune in next week. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and go Raiders.